Section 34 of A Woman's Journey Round the World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Piotr Natter. A Woman's Journey Round the World by Ida Laura Pfeiffer. Chapter 19 Mosul and Nineveh, Part 2. On the 27th of June, we made our encampment near the miserable little town at Tumkubri. Before reaching it, we crossed the river Sab, called by the natives Al-Tumsu, Golden Water, by two old Roman bridges. I saw several similar bridges in Syria. In both instances, they were in good preservation, and will apparently long remain as evidence of the Roman power. Their wide and lofty arches rested upon massive pillars, and the whole was constructed of large square blocks of stone. The ascent of bridges of this kind is so steep that the animals are obliged to scramble up like cats. On the 28th of June we reached the town of Erbil, formerly Arbela, where, to my great chagrin, we remained until the evening of the following day. This little town, which is fortified, is situated upon an isolated hill in the centre of a valley. We encamped, fortunately, near some houses outside the town, at the foot of the hill. I found a hut, which was tenanted by some men, two donkeys, and a number of fowls. The mistress, for a small acknowledgment, provided me a little place, which at least sheltered me from the burning heat of the sun. Beyond that I had not the slightest convenience. As this hut, in comparison with the others, was a complete palace, the whole of the neighbors were constantly collected here. From early in the morning till late in the evening, when it is the custom to recline upon the terraces or before the huts, there was always a large party. One came to gossip, others brought meal with them, and kneaded their bread meanwhile, so as not to miss the conversation. In the background the children were being washed and freed from vermin, the asses were braying, and the fowls covering everything with dirt. These, altogether, made the stay in this place more unbearable than even hunger and thirst. Still, I must say to the credit of these people that they behaved with the greatest propriety towards me, although not only women, but a great number of men of the poorest and lowest class were coming backwards and forwards continually. Even the women here left me in quiet. In the evening some mutton was cooked in a vessel which just before was full of dirty linen steeped in water. This was emptied out, and, without cleaning the pot, it was used to prepare the food in the same manner as at the house of my guide. On the 30th of June we halted at the village of Sab. We here crossed the great river Sab by means of rafts, the mode of constructing which is certainly very ancient. They consist of leathern bottles, filled with air, fastened together with poles, and covered with planks, reeds, and rushes. Our raft had twenty-eight windbags, was seven feet broad, nearly as long, and carried two horse-loads and six men. As our caravan numbered thirty-two loaded animals, the crossing of the river occupied half a day. Four or five of the animals were tied together and drawn over by a man seated across an airbag. The weaker animals, such as the donkeys, had a bag half filled with air tied on their backs. The night of the 30th of June, the last on our journey, was one of the most wearisome. We travelled eleven hours. About halfway we came to the river Hassar, called Gaumil by the Greeks, and made remarkable by the passage of Alexander the Great. It was broad but not deep, and we therefore rode through. 
the chain of mountains still continued at the site at some considerable distance and here and there rose low sterile hills or headlands the total absence of trees in this part of mesopotamia is striking during the last five days i did not see a single one it is therefore easy to imagine that there are many people here who have never seen such a thing there were spaces of twenty miles in extent upon which not a single branch was to be seen however it is fortunate that there is no scarcity of water every day we came once or twice to rivers of various sizes the town of mosul did not become visible until we were within about five miles it is situated upon a slight elevation in a very extensive valley on the west bank of the tigris which is already much narrower here than near baghdad we arrived about seven o'clock in the morning i was fresh and active although during these fifteen days i had only twice had a hot meal the ink-colored lamb soup at kerku and erville although i had been obliged to remain day and night in the same clothes and had not even an opportunity of once hanging my linen not to say anything of the terrific heat the continual riding and other fatigues i first dismounted at the caravanserai and then procured a guide to the english vice-consul mr rassam who had already prepared a room for me as he had been previously informed of my coming by a letter from major rawlinson at baghdad i first visited the town which however does not present any very remarkable features it is surrounded by fortified walls and contains twenty-five thousand inhabitants among which there are scarcely twelve europeans the bazaars are extensive but not in the least degree handsome between them lie several coffee stalls and some hunts i found the entrances to all the houses narrow low and furnished with strong gates these gates are relics of former times when the people were always in danger from the attacks of enemies in the interiors there are very beautiful courtyards and lofty airy rooms with handsome entrances and bow windows the doors and window frames the stairs and walls of the ground floor rooms are generally made of marble though the marble which is used for these purposes is not very fine yet it still looks better than brick walls the quarry lies close to the town here also the hot part of the day is passed in the sardaps the heat is most terrible in the month of july when the burning simum not unfrequently sweeps over the town during my short stay at mosul several people died very suddenly these deaths were ascribed to the heat even the sardaps do not shelter people from continual perspiration as the temperature rises as high as ninety seven degrees twenty five minutes fahrenheit the birds also suffer much from the heat they open their beaks wide and stretch their wings out far from the bodies the inhabitants suffer severely in their eyes but the aleppo boils are not so common as in baghdad and strangers are not subject to them i found the heat very oppressive but in other respects was very well especially as regards my appetite i believe that i could have eaten every hour of the day probably this was in consequence of the hard diet which i had been obliged to endure on my journey the principal thing worth seeing at mosul is the palace about half a mile from the town it consists of several buildings and gardens surrounded with walls which it is possible to see over as they lie lower than the town it presents a very good appearance from a distance but loses on nearer approach in the gardens stand beautiful groups of trees 
which are the more valuable as they are the only ones in the whole neighborhood during my stay at mosul a large number of turkish troops marched through the pasha rode out a short distance to receive them and then returned to the town at the head of the foot regiment the cavalry remained behind and encamped in tents along the banks of the tigris i found these troops incomparably better clothed and equipped than those which i had seen in eighteen forty two at constantinople their uniform consisted of white trousers blue cloth spencers with red facings good shoes and fez as soon as i was in some degree recovered from the fatigue of my late journey i requested my amiable host to furnish me with a servant who should conduct me to the ruins of Nineveh. but instead of a servant the sister of mrs rassam and a mr ross accompanied me one morning we visited the nearest ruins on the other side of the tigris at the village nebbiunus opposite the town and on another day those called tel nimrud which are situated at a greater distance about eighteen miles down the river according to strabo nineveh was still larger than babylon he represents it as having been the largest city in the world the journey round it occupied three days the walls were a hundred feet high broad enough for three chariots abreast and defended by fifteen hundred towers the same authority states that the assyrian king ninus was the founder about two thousand two hundred years before the birth of christ the whole is now covered with earth and it is only when the peasants are ploughing that fragments of brick or marble are here and there turned up long ranges of mounds more or less high extending over the immeasurable plains on the left bank of the tigris are known to cover the remains of this town in the year eighteen forty six the trustees of the british museum sent the erudite antiquarian mr lyard to undertake the excavations it was the first attempt that had ever been made and was very successful footnote this is an error m botta made the first attempt to excavate the Nineveh remains at korsabad mr lyard had moreover commenced his excavations before he received the countenance of the british museum authorities see Nineveh, the buried city of the east one of the volumes of the national illustrated library for the rectification of this and other errors in madame pfeiffer's account End of footnote. several excavations were made in the hills near nebbiunus and apartments were soon reached whose walls were covered with marble slabs wrought in relief those represented kings with crowns and jewels deities with large wings warriors with arms and shields the storming of fortifications triumphal processions and hunting parties etc they were unfortunately deficient in correct drawing proportions or perspective the mounds and fortifications were scarcely three times as high as the besiegers the fields reached to the clouds the trees and lotus flowers could scarcely be distinguished from each other and the heads of men and animals were all alike and only in profile on many of the walls were found those wedge-shaped characters or letters which constitute what are called cuneiform inscriptions and are found only on persian and babylonian monuments among all the rooms and apartments which were brought to light there was only one in which the walls were covered with fine cement and painted but notwithstanding the great care it was not possible to preserve this wall when it came in contact with the air the cement cracked and fell off the marble also is partially converted into lime and otherwise injured in consequence of the terrible conflagration which laid the city in ruins 
the bricks fall to pieces when they are dug out from the number of handsome apartments the abundance of marble and the paintings and inscriptions upon it the inference is drawn that this spot contains the ruins of a royal palace a considerable quantity of marble slabs with reliefs and cuneiforms inscriptions were carefully detached from the walls and sent to england when i was at bassora a whole cargo of similar remains lay near the tigris and among others a sphinx on our return we visited the village nebiunus which is situated on a slight eminence near the ruins it is remarkable only on account of a small mosque which contains the ashes of the prophet jonas and to which thousands of devotees make annual pilgrimages during this excursion we passed a number of fields in which the people were engaged in separating the corn from the straw in a very peculiar manner for this purpose a machine was employed consisting of two wooden tubs between which was fastened a roller with from eight to twelve long broad and blunt knives or hatchets this was drawn by two horses or oxen over the bundles of corn laid on the ground until the whole of the corn was separated from the straw it was then thrown up into the air by means of shovels so that the chaff might be separated from the grain by the wind we finally visited the sulphur springs which lie close to the walls of mosul they are not warm but appear to contain a large quantity of sulphur as the smell is apparent at a considerable distance these springs rise in natural basins which are surrounded by walls eight feet in height everyone is allowed to bathe there without any charge for people are not so niggardly and sparing of nature's gifts as in europe certain hours are set apart for women and others for the men on the following day we rode to the mosque elkosh near the town noah's son shem has found a resting-place here we were not allowed to enter this mosque but certainly did not lose much by that as all these monuments are alike and are not remarkable either for architecture or ornament the Nineveh excavations are carried on most extensively at tel timrut a district where the mounds of earth are the most numerous tel nimrud is situated about eighteen miles from mosul down the tigris we took our seats one moonlight evening upon a raft and glided down between the dull banks of the tigris after seven hours we landed about one o'clock in the morning at a poor village bearing the high-sounding name nimrud some of the inhabitants who were sleeping before their huts made us a fire and some coffee and we then laid down till daybreak upon some rugs we had brought with us at daybreak we took horses of which there are plenty in every village and rode to the excavations about a mile from nimrud we found here a great number of places which had been dug up or rather uncovered mounds of earth but not as at herculaneum whole houses streets squares indeed half a town nothing beyond separate rooms has been brought to light here or at the utmost three or four adjoining ones the exterior walls of which are not in any case separated from the earth and have neither windows nor doors visible the objects which have been discovered exactly resemble those in the neighbourhood of mosul but occur in greater numbers besides these i saw several idols and sphinxes in stone the former represented animals with human heads their size was gigantic about that of an elephant four of these statues have been found two of which were however considerably damaged the others were not indeed in very good preservation although sufficiently so to show that the sculptors did not particularly excel in their profession 
the sphinxes were small and had unfortunately suffered more damage than the bulls shortly before my arrival an obelisk of inconsiderable height a small and uninjured sphinx together with other remains had been sent to england the excavations near tel nimrud have been discontinued about a year and mr layard has been recalled to london an order was afterwards given to cover in the places which had been dug open as the wandering arabs had begun to do a great deal of injury when i visited the spot some places were already covered in but the greater part remained open the excavations near nebiunus are still being carried on an annual grant is made by the british government for this purpose the english resident at baghdad major rawlinson had made himself perfectly master of the cuneiform character he reads the inscriptions with ease and many of the translations are the result of his labours we returned to mosul on horseback in five hours and a half the power of endurance of the arabian horses is almost incredible they were allowed only a quarter of an hour's rest in mosul when they had nothing but the water and then travelled the eighteen miles back again during the hottest part of the day mr ross told me that even this was not equal to the work done by the post-horses the stations for these are from forty-eight to seventy-two miles distant from each other it is possible to travel from mosul by tokat to constantinople in this way the best arabian horses are found round baghdad and mosul an agent of the queen of spain had just purchased a stud of twelve magnificent horses eight mares and four stallions the dearest of which had cost on the spot one hundred and fifty pounds sterling they stood in mr rassam's stable their handsome long slender heads their sparkling eyes slight bodies and their small delicately formed feet would have filled any admirer of horses with delight i could now venture not indeed without considerable risk although with the possibility of some insult upon the desired journey into persia i sought a caravan to tabriz unfortunately i could not find one which went directly there and i was therefore compelled to make this journey in separate stages a circumstance which was so much the worse for me as i was told that i should not find any europeans on the way nevertheless i took the chance mr rassam arranged for me the journey as far as ravandus and furnished me with a letter of recommendation to one of the natives there i wrote out a small lexicon of arabian and persian words and took leave of this hospitable town at sunset on the eighth of july i started on this journey with some feelings of anxiety and scarcely dared to hope for a fortunate termination on that account i sent my papers and manuscripts from here to europe so that in case i was robbed or murdered my diary would at least come into the hands of my sons Footnote. The manuscripts of the journey through Hindustan as far as Mosul miscarried for more than a year and a half. I gave them up as lost. This was the cause of the delay in the publication of my journey round the world. End of footnote. End of section 34.